Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, a podcast that steps into alternative education, parenting, and living a funner, fuller family life. I'm Robin, home educator, unschooling mom to two funny, eclectic kids, and we're here to create a space for families to listen, connect, learn from others, and be inspired. Join us every two weeks to hear interviews and tips from experts in learning, education, and parenting, and stories from families that are playing full out in the arena of life and education. World schooling, unschooling, alternative schooling, homeschooling, or just creating a whole new style of learning. Are you looking for a unique learning system that is designed to recover learning loss, demystify learning, and make learning fun and easy? Then take a look at what Fearless Learners has to offer. Fearless Learners by Success Codes where all children can learn and grow fearless with a learning success coach by their side. Their certified learning success coaches make learning easy with their proven holistic coaching methodology, which is a unique and superior alternative to tutoring and teaching in all subjects. All of their coaches are certified teachers as well as certified learning success coaches who've left the school system to create the right environment to provide customized, and personalized learning experiences. You can find them at learningsuccessacademy.com. Okay, welcome Evgenia. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm really excited to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy. Good. Okay. So Evgenia is a homeschooling mom of one boy, and she's the founder of Fit Mama Method. She was born in the Soviet Union and lived in Russia until 29 years old. She has two master's degrees in journalism and sports. Evgenia came to Canada to complete a college program and later decided to stay here. The birth of her son completely changed her life. And while going through all of the motherhood seasons, the hard and easy ones, Evgenia realized that she would love to use all of her knowledge, training, and experience to help other moms like her to support their motherhood journey, especially homeschooling moms. Evgenia's Nourished Motherhood program has helped so many homeschooling mamas to beat burnout with a holistic approach to well-being, motherhood, and homeschooling. And together with her clients, they overcome exhaustion with nourishing food, movement, and mindset work, and learn how to get a lifestyle change in a sustainable, nourishing way which works for the whole family. Welcome, Evgenia. Thank you. So you were born and raised in Russia. Can you maybe begin for us sharing a little bit about the beliefs around childhood and education from the way that you were raised in Russia and how that maybe differs from life in Canada and how parents do it in North America? Yes, exactly. And I will start from beliefs which parents had uh, 37 years ago, right? <laughs> because my beliefs right now are totally different from, I guess, everyone else's who is in Russia, but still uh, the progress reached Russia <laughs> finally. And people there are not the same way as uh, they were 40 years ago, for yes, example. Yes, thank you for pointing that out. Yes. Um, so basically how it was in Soviet Union, because it was communism there, right? People were living in communities, but what's about communities, what's important to understand is that uh, those communities were to work really hard, right? And 
then it wasn't like homeschool communities, for example, which will would help you to support you through all the difficulties and stuff. So you would have a child. Then I think at that time, people were staying, like mothers would stay at home for about a year on maternity leave. Okay. And then there would be a daycare and then there would be a kindergarten from uh, age four to seven. And kindergarten there was different than kindergarten in North America, right? It's not related to school at all. It's different uh, facilities uh, with people who are not teachers, basically, but they are caregivers. They, of course, teach something there, right? And then while this is happening, parents work hard for the future of the country, for the future to basically build the country from after the war to something really amazing, which I uh, believe that it never happened, unfortunately. But people believed in this idea that they're working hard to rebuild the country, right? And that's right. extremely that was, important. Yes, it brought and the community, uh-huh. communal cause or the idea that everyone was in it together. We're working for something big and we're yes. all part of it together. Okay. Yes, yes. And um, kids were basically raised by other people right it's kind because of in a way we're so busy working yes working yes because and especially because it was lots of factory kind of work right when people like a man especially would go and work from very early till very late and then everyone would come home after this have dinner and then sleep and then again and again and again and it kind of in a way the same thing as how people live right now mm-hmm. a lot of people at least right but because they would believe in these communities and they would think that this is the best thing ever and the country is providing all of this they would work really hard right now it's more about individualism and you know being a person and i am first at that time there was no things like this, right? The country was first. The community was first. The party was first. Right. And then whatever happening at home, it's always second. And I think that communism killed, in a way, the value of family. Okay. Right? Okay. So, can, you, can you talk more? Because family was no longer the primary concern. It was yes. the country, not the family. Yes. Okay. I, I think, yes. And I think that people who families who could um, save these values of family for the future generations they were they would teach the the kids right they would still value this stuff those people were more successful in a way they would have stronger families mm-hmm. right they would right. have better connection they would not necessarily have a better lifestyle because everyone was equal right and you right. could not, be better than another but within the family the connection would be stronger that's what i believe in right and so you're in this daycare and then you're in the kindergarten and then you would go to school school in russia starts uh, from seven years old and it's still the same the the school system is from grade one to grade 11 and grade five 
at some point, for some reason, they decided to get rid of grade five. So there was no grade five. I don't know why. Uh, when I was going to school, I was I would go from grade one to three. That was the elementary school. Okay. Then um, grade five to grade nine, that would be secondary school and high school, grade 10, 11. Okay. And then they decided to bring the grade. Oh, no, sorry. Not grade five. Grade four was, grade four. was missing. Okay. And they then they decided to bring grade four back for some reason. I think that in a way they kind of could combine the education from grade four partially into grade three and partially into grade five. Okay. And then they just um, said, we skipped that year. We'll yes, not call it a for year. For some reason, right? And they could right? say like grade one to 10 and then have all the grades because if, like you would go for 10 years to school, but you would say grade 11. Right. Okay. For some reason, I never actually, it's very interesting. I think I should take a look at this. But um, so my mom, for example, she she did have grade four. And then kids right now have grade four, but I didn't. You did not. Okay. Yes. So how old, when you're graduating high school, what age around are most kids when they graduate? So from seven to 16, 17. Okay. Right. And then you must go to somewhere after. And again, there was an option always to stop at grade nine, the school, and go straight to college. But it's not the same as college in North America. That, that college would give you a profession. Like you would go and learn how to be a plumber, for example, or electrician or something like this, and you would be able to work right away. Right. That would be probably three to four years again of education right but it's partially um replacing of high school because they would teach you still the same thing what was in the high school but they will also teach you specific uh, subjects right like so you a can trade, learn like a specific yes. trade school yes so you can learn all the um, skills which you will need right and uh, obviously, in Canada, for example, I know that in, in, in order to become an electrician, you would have to go to <laughs> a lot of training and all the certifications and all of the things. In Russia, that was not the case, right? So you could learn it very early in life and make it your skill and make it your profession. The only thing is that those professions in Russia were like not really... Um, respected professions for some reason right now for example i know that we cannot survive without these professions right those are very important professions but people in russia and soviet union they were always wanting their kids to go to university no one wanted to for them to go to college i think because because of many reasons but i guess because the standards were like high, very high, and parents were always pushing their kids to do better and because they wanted their kids to be respected by the community and, you know, to say, oh, my son is a, uh, a doctor rather than, oh, my son is a plumber, right? right? Even though those two professions are so important in life, right? right? Yeah. But for... At least when I was growing up, that was like the worst thing. If if you stop at grade nine and go to college to get this profession, it's like almost like um, 
if you would be misbehaving, your parents would be telling you, oh, yes, okay, don't learn anything. Then you would go yeah. there and be a plumber your whole life, right? Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> like there is something wrong with being a plumber. Right, right. And those beliefs are really hard to overcome, especially if you're told about this from very early age. Yes. Right? So, and even, even like a midwife was something like this considered. For example, if you would go to a university and become a gynecologist, that would be like, wow, cool. But if you're just some kind of midwife, it's like, oh, not right. really, not okay. really cool which is really weird because we all know that they're two important professions, right? Yeah, that's right. And then you would go to university, ideally, especially for parents. And university in Russia is, at least at that time, when I was there, it was partially free and partially not free. So, for example, they would have, uh, because I went to journalism, right? They would have the course of people for journalism and uh, 50 people will be for free and 50 people will be paying. And in order to get to this free spots, you had to have better grades, better results in your exams. And by the way, all the exams in Russia and Soviet Union, they were uh, like speaking exams. Oh, so yes, yes, right. Yes. It's not the same. When I came here, I had so much anxiety about this stuff. And then when I was like, oh, it's just some kind of test. When you're by yourself alone, you can have your water, you can <laughs> right. relax, you have so much time. And then you just sit, read and just check mark the right. Time. I was like, that's so easy <laughs> after what I went through. Right. And yes, in a way, people stress out here about their exams because it's like midterm especially if you're in a educate like in a higher education like university or college right and it's 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 not the same for me it was really easy here and right. especially if i i when i found out that i only have to have 50 percent to pass i was like <laughs> okay i'm fine i'm like i'm not gonna stress so out about anything else what did you need to pass so it's, it's great to hear a different perspective because i had a, a good friend of mine from university was from her, she her, from the Soviet Union, actually Kazakhstan, mm -hmm. and she um, would tell me about how it was so different, how university and school was so different there, and the testing was always oral. It was an intensive oral exam for everything, um, and the material you had to know from beginning to end, and you could be questioned on anything. Yes. So, what was the like to pass, or I guess you would you. There was no pass. You just needed a really good mark. And what was Yes. That? Yes. So the mark system in Russia is from one to five, which one is like, it's almost like zero, right? Right. And uh, five is the best mark. So it's like a, an A or 100%. And okay. then four is about like, would be from 70 to 80, I would assume. And then three it's very questionable. It's like they let you pass, but you don't know anything. And then when you have two, it's like, okay, you're not passing, right? Yes. And then one, we have this, but no one gives you one. Because right. that's like, like, that's almost impossible. Right. Right. If you, so, if you misbehave, for example, in school, especially in the elementary school, they can put you one into, into your... Because it, it's another thing in Russia, we have like a, uh, 
diary, right? Mm -hmm. And we have it for the whole year. And it's already pre-made for you with the um, some rows for different subjects. And then you give it to your teacher and they put the mark there. They sign it and then you bring it to your parents so, you, right. so they can see. Yeah. And then we had tons of skills when you get the razor and you scratch it and you take the same color pen <laughs> and then you switch it to another mark, let's say if it's too bad, right? Or something, or you never show it to your parents. And then your parents would have to sign every week on the bottom so they saw it. But then when you're older and you learn how to sign for your parents, <laughs> right. then you just sign for your parents. There's a lot of learning how to get out oh, of the system oh, or around the system when the system goes like that. Okay. 100%. Okay. That's, I, I, I'm really thankful that I had to go through this because I have so many skills right now. <laughs> right. And it's not necessarily that I have to go around, but I'm just not worried about certain things in my life yeah. because I already, I think, was worried till the rest of my life for, for, like the, for the future. So. Right. So would you say then that childhood was a lot of high stress, even oh, yes. though the expectation of the community and living for the country, there was still a lot of expectation and burden on kids? Like it was oh, a yes. very work hard mentality, but... 100%. And that's very hard part. And I think that lots of people from Russia, they need a serious therapy after uh, growing up there because... The stress is intense. And I know that at that time when I was uh, there, it wasn't that crazy as it is right now, because right now it's even worse, right? In a way, it's better because our parents know about parenting right now and they value the connection, but the stress is still the same. There is no homeschooling options, so you go to school, Right. Right. And you right. have all of these things. And even maybe if you feel more supported at home, they learn way more stuff at way earlier age right now than when I was young. Right. Okay. So like right now, if you're not reading by the age of five, it's like very bad. When I went to school, yes, maybe I was reading, but that wasn't like an really the main thing because you would go to school in order to learn how to read. Right. So right? what do you think the change lately, the recent change has been? What's been the push to, to have kids do more at an earlier age, even I more think, pressure and stress? I think it's the Western world kind right. of got to Russia more, right? Mm -hmm. People know importance of different languages. People know importance of very good education, right? And they push more. They accepted better. They accepted not better, but they accepted more different. Like in Soviet Union, there was one kind of school. It was Soviet Union, right? And we had our own um, education, our own scientists and everything. But right now, when you can research more like Montessori and Waldorf and all of these things, it's all great schools, but it's not necessarily that this specific country will get this whole idea what real Montessori is, right? Mm -hmm. They will get all the kind of approaches and make it their own in a way. Yes. Right. Okay. And make it make it even more stressful than it was before. Right. And then 
like all the tests, like right now in Russia, the rat tests. When I was in grade 11, that was the first year when they were introducing the test for math, for example. And okay. I was pretty good in math, but you know what I got? Two. <laughs> I got two in math because of the test. Because and so when it you was, say test, do you mean the written tests or is it still like the test like here, like okay. here with the different multiple choice? Yeah, multiple choice. Okay. So for us, it was like something we were doing for 10 years, something else. Right. Right. And then they introduced this. And I think that in a way it killed the education in Russia because you can always trick the test. Right. right? Yeah. It's it's just certain you just have to think certain way in order to make the test work for you. Yes. But yeah. does it give you a lot of experience? Does it give you flexibility in thinking? I don't think so because it's very like very strict, right? You just need to know certain things. And if you especially grade eleven, if you know how to trick the system, because you're not a baby anymore, you're a teenager, that's even better. But um, yes, I, I think it's, I think that it's not the best thing that Russia did by accepting the test system, because mm -hmm. yes, it was stressful before, but it's even more stressful right now, because I think what they do, they do tests and oral exams still. Right. They just add right. it as an additional yes. thing. Yes. Right. right. Okay. I could see how they want to be more on an international playing field. Mm -hmm. And so now that it is open, like it's from years before, um, there's just more movement internationally. Yes. And so it's kind of like, well, it'd be easier to be a family moving out of Russia and leaving Russia and you want to go into Canada or you want to mm -hmm. go into another country. Then if the testing is kind of similar, you know, then it makes it a little bit easier to, to do that. Mm -hmm. So then with the, you know, with the, well, one quick question first that I, I had, but I didn't get to ask yet. And then I'm going to go to this next question. So when you, so you said university, half 50% is free and 50% uh, of the seats are paid. Mm -hmm. um, what does that look like for the paid seats? Are there a lot of families? Well, back then when they offered it that way, um, I don't know if it's still the same, but is it accessible to a lot of families, the paid seats, or who would take those paid seats? What would that look like? So every single faculty, right? Every si mm -hmm. single, like I went to journalism, but if you want to learn how to be an accountant, I'm just mm -hmm. saying this because my mom went for this, right? Um, it's different pricing. <laughs> so it's like, it's right. really interesting because it's, um, and it's, you pay per, I believe, per year. Right. Yeah. Right. That would not be really affordable. I, I would not say this. But because people think that that's the only way to live, because you absolutely must to have university education, parents would save money from very beginning, right? The same way, kind of like it's mm -hmm. here. Yeah. But I would say it's, way more affordable there than here. Yeah. Especially if you're an international student here, right? Right. right. Thinking about the pricing, it's more affordable there. For example, here, when I came, I paid about $30,000 for college, right? I had to sell my apartment in Russia in order to do this. Because you were international uh, student prices. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
and I know that if you go to university in Canada, it's probably the same, if not more, also depending on what profession. Like if, yeah. if you're becoming a doctor, it's huge loan, right? Yeah. It's less in Russia, for sure. But comparing the salaries and income, it's way easier here than there, even though the difference in between income here and the pay is way bigger than the difference there. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Okay. So then my question I wanted to ask then is how do you go from, you know, a, you know, very different upbringing style of education and idea of childhood and community to homeschooling? Like, it seems like it's like from one side to the other. What about homeschooling attracted you? And, you know, well, first I want to ask, like, what do your parents think? Of, are your parents in Canada or are they? No, no, no. My Russia? family, okay. no one is here. They all in no Russia. Is, okay. So, you know, I'm curious. I'm like, what do your parents say about it? <laughs> how do they feel? How do you explain it to them? But first, how, like, how and why did you even come to or choose homeschooling? To be a homeschooling parent. Yes. So that goes really back to when I got pregnant and um, that was a surprise pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't really, I wasn't, I was like 1 million percent different person than I'm right now. But I always wanted to have a child or kids. I always was up to this. I always wanted to have a family. But my idea of what the life will be was totally different. So when I got pregnant... I had two jobs. I worked at the, as a um, head coach of acrobatic gymnastics program here. And because that's what I was doing when I was young, I was doing this um, as acrobatic my sport gymnastics. right okay. in Russia. And then I worked there for 12 years as a coach. And that is my dream work was at least right until I had my son, <laughs> because now I know that I kind of lived for this for those kids in a way, yeah. right? Because yeah. that was my life. I loved it. And then I worked in a gym. I worked in a Jewish community center here in uh, in Toronto, in three of them. And I really loved this because that was fitness, right? I could stay fit. I could work out. And I worked with um, elderly people, more seniors kind of people. And some somehow I was just attracting them. They just all loved me for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. And I'm like, I wanted to teach uh, kickboxing classes and I wanted <laughs> to teach some crazy classes like boot camps and then <laughs> somehow through the years of working after college I just was working with the seniors and we were doing all the rest restorative exercises and right. you know I, I really loved it too I loved our breakfasts on uh, after class we would go all together and have a breakfast that was great and community was great but then I got pregnant and I was thinking okay how I'm gonna do it I work from 5 a.m to 9 p.m every single day except Saturday my husband was like I don't know how we're gonna make it if you're not gonna change anything like that's impossible right. and I'm like no no we can make it it's <laughs> totally possible and I was thinking, okay, so my son will be three months and then I will go gonna back to work and I'm going to take him to the gym with me. And, you know, maybe I will stay away from fitness for some time, but when you train kids, you don't really have to be active. So I was bringing him actually to the gym with me okay. until wow. I realized that 
that's not gonna work, right? But this thing is that when I was pregnant, I was like, yes, I'm gonna hire someone or my mother-in-law would help me. She was still here at that time because they are, my husband is Polish, they are from Poland and they went for some time for like three years uh, of pandemic to Poland because they had um, her mom to take care of my husband's grandma. And I was even like laughing with all my clients. I'm like, yes, of course, you're going to babysit and I'm going to (laughs) train. And they're like, yes, absolutely. So when I got my son, my mother-in-law, like, can I come to the hospital? I'm like, no, I don't want to see anyone. No one is going to touch my child. (laughs) I don't want anyone. I'm not going to give him any, like to anyone. That's it. (laughs) Right. I, um, I, it was flipped. Like I flipped 100% from being just like, oh, take my child and go for a walk with him. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to raise my son by myself. No one is going to influence anything. I'm going to decide in everything. And at this time, it was more about control-ish, right? Yeah. Because I was always controlling because when you're in charge of something, you kind of don't have a choice, but you have to be in charge. And when you're in charge, you sometimes overstep the powers you get. Yes. Which yeah. I don't really like, but I felt in a way that I have to because no one is going to do it for me, right? If if no no one is doing it, is going to do it if I don't do it. Right. But so when I started with my son going to the gym, I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like uh, I, I'm the same person. Like I understand that my family is a priority for me right now. My son is a priority. Breastfeeding is a priority. Everything else is kind of relevant. And then because I didn't really have very good connection with the management of the gym and I felt like I'm not really treated very well in a way that I'm sacrificing a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't get in return, not even like in a, in a paycheck, but not even thank you or more mental kind of uh, appreciation right yeah appreciation yeah yeah so then I was like mm, not really because there was a situation when we had to go my son went to the competitions uh, we went to Budapest with my athletes and he went with me and my husband of course went with me because I cannot you know be on but, the stage yeah. with the baby right yeah. I have to spot the athletes I have to catch them like right because you were still coaching acrobatic gymnastics yes you're still doing right yes yeah. and then you know they were like, no, your, your, your husband cannot go after this competition. We were just, I'm like, why? Like, I'm not asking you to pay for anything. Like we pay ourselves for everything. Like, no, because your husband is a male and um, all the girls have like females, right? I'm like, but all the parents are going with their kids, right? And yeah, I mean, I understand. Yes, yeah. Yes, I understand. Yeah. But also, my husband is taking the baby and going away for a walk, mm-hmm. right? But I think it was the way how I don't know to push me out or whatever. And I'm really glad that that's exactly how it happened because that was the first ring to me. I'm like, I can't, I can't. I have to prioritize my family. So that was very long story, <laughs> but mm-hmm. basically, after. Um, he got one year old, my son, right? I decided, okay, that's it. I'm not going back. And then actually when he was nine months, I decided to go back to my maternity leave. Not that I could because um, 
Canadian services did not really work well, so I couldn't reach and I didn't get my maternity leave pay. And I was like, I don't care. I just want to stay at home with my son. I don't care about anything. So I left. And then pandemic happened. This literally the next week when I had to go back to fitness work. I already was uh, having my classes scheduled. I already um, decided with my uh, mother-in-law who is going to be babysitting when I'm uh, outside of the home, right? And then my son got exactly one year old. So I was like, well, maybe that's time to go back. And then pandemic happened. And in a way, I'm very thankful because that even changed me more because I never had to go to work. <laughs> and right. I had all the time to think about life and to think about future and to think about education system and to think if I really want to put my son into the education system in Canada, at least. And, you know, I don't believe purposely, but I'm, I was not trying to find this information, but somehow Instagram and different communities, and I was meeting some people and they're like, oh, homeschooling. And I'm like, what's homeschooling? Right. Because it's not an option in Russia at all. Yeah. In Russia, for example, if you're sick, like if you have uh, broken your leg, for example, and you have to stay at home for some time, that is homeschooling when the teachers from school would come to you after the classes are done and explain you the subject so you don't miss. That right. is homeschooling in Russia. But it's yeah. really rare cases and it's for very short time right until you can go back to school and I was like I like this homeschooling I think it's a cool idea that and again for me at that time it was like I can control what comes into the head of my son I can right. control what he eats I can control <laughs> all the other stuff and I never introduced this to my husband until a certain point and I don't even remember how I introduced him but I think that was the time when I had to make sure that he also is on board in a mm -hmm. way. And I always knew, I hope, <laughs> I hope he, if he still listen to this, he will not be get upset too much. I always knew that I already made the decision, but of course I had to make sure that he's okay with this. Yeah. And, and, you know, in a way I kind of slowly brought him to the point when he was okay with this. And then He's like, well, how he's going to socialize, <laughs> of course, right? And yeah. I'm like, well, we go on the playground. He socializes and our son is so social. Sometimes he's even um, like so social. I'm a little bit scared how social <laughs> he is. And he's four. Right now he can go to the playground, get to a parent who swings his child on the uh, uh, swing and ask if he can do this and if right. they can leave. And I'm like, I would never <laughs> expect this from me. When I was young, I would never ask anything, anyone who is an adult. I would never even think about coming to an adult and ask a question because I think that in Russia, when we were raised, I was like, adult is a god and you are some kind of <laughs> some right. kind of insect here at least until certain age you don't ask the questions you just do the orders okay right? I was going to ask what the idea of how what childhood is and yes how, the dynamics of that as well That's yes and um 
So he was very social. Is top and it's never yes. questioned. Right. Yes. And if you're questioning, you're in trouble. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, and then he was like, okay, well, we somehow, and I'm like, okay, I, I really need to build my business so I can work from home and stay at home. And at that time, there was not really a lot about homeschooling, but at least we were thinking until grade one, we will do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And answering your question about my parents, my parents don't get this still. They don't, they don't take it seriously. They, and I think that a lot of stuff, because the way how they were raised and the way how they were raising me, I don't think that they really think I'm serious because they still think that I'm a child in a way, probably. Right. right? So they don't get this idea. And when they ask me, how are you going to teach math? And I'm like, I know math. I know how to do two plus two. I know the fractions. I know everything until this uh, cosinus and all of these very hard things in geometry. Right. right. Cosine and yes, know, yes. All of the, and, yes. Yeah. Which now we and, have tools, Khan Academy and so yes. much that is available to us to learn. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And then I don't think that they still believe that we will be doing this. The same mm -hmm. for my parents and the same for parents uh, from my um, from my my husband's parents. Right. Because they don't think it's real. They think we're just kind of playing. Okay. And okay. trying to do stuff. Right. And is, is there a large homeschooling community in Poland? Oh, no, it's no, it's not an option. Is it, well. is it illegal in Poland? No, it's illegal. Yeah, it's, it's illegal. illegal. Every okay. child has to go to school. Okay. And in Russia, is it illegal, essentially? I don't know about or... illegal, illegal, because I think in Russia you can do anything you want right. <laughs> and yeah. get over any... Uh, I understand what any, you mean. Yeah. Any law, really, if you're right. smart, right? Right. Yeah. But... It's just people don't want to do it because yeah. they're not familiar with this and they have this idea. And I think that's why I struggled a little bit from the beginning with my son. Like they, they have this idea, oh, you have to put the baby down, let him cry it out. You have to let someone walk with him while you're doing all the million things, right? You kind of just get away from the baby for some time so you feel great and you do all your self-care manicure and all of these things in order to feel good right. and it it's never worked about for attachment me. yes right. yes even yeah, though a... even though i found out about new um the garden newfield from russian group which was attachment parenting group and i'm okay. very thankful but they still more like for school and they understand the idea of attachment theory in the beginning and like early age, but they still think that school is the best, right? And right. I, I don't so. even really share <laughs> with anyone about this stuff because they think I'm just out of my mind a little bit. So, okay. So then in Canada, because I know, for example, you're in Toronto mm -hmm. and I know there's a fairly large Russian community in Toronto. Are there very many? What about the Russian homeschooling community? I have no idea because when I came to Canada, my first decision was that I'm not going to connect with any uh, okay. Russian community. <laughs> okay. Okay. In a way, that was because I wanted to challenge myself and I wanted to learn English, and I knew that um, because I I had to pass a um, hard test in order to come here to study in college, right? It was IELTS, and I had to pass 
the IELTS, which is yeah. not really easy. And there was oral exam there as mm -hmm. well, which was very surprisingly for me, right? But they had to know how you're speaking. Right, yeah. But um, still, when I came here, for me, first, at least months, at least maybe not months, but first week, everything what people were saying around me, it was a noise. I'm like, I can't. I literally can't because it was not, not that I could speak. I went to US five times before, but it was like, and I couldn't understand a word, especially from professors and all the new words, right? Because it was academic language. Yes. And I had yes. to pass academic IELTS. I had to go through many, many articles and learn all of these words. Um, but it's still not the same as when I was a student going to US just to communicate, right? Right. Mel Science is a subscription service that offers a range of educational resources and hands-on experiments for homeschooling families. If you're looking for an exciting and interactive way to teach science, Mel Science is a great option. And you're in luck because Mel Science is offering a 60% discount on your first box for all Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids listeners. Mel Science just launched a space subscription, which is perfect for homeschooling families who want to explore the universe and inspire their kids to become future astronauts or space scientists. Mel Science offers an incredible array of science experiments and educational resources designed to help children and adults learn about the universe in a fun and engaging way. From chemistry to physics, medicine to STEM, Mel Science subscription boxes are packed full of exciting experiments and activities that will inspire and educate. These boxes are a perfect way to give homeschooling kids a practice with the hands-on boxes and get them involved in science activities. With Mel Science, you'll get all the materials needed for each experiment, including detailed instructions and educational materials that explain the scientific concepts behind each experiment. This makes it easy for homeschooling parents to teach science to their children in an engaging and fun way. So, if you're looking for a fun and educational activity to do with your kids, Mel Science is a great choice. And don't forget to take advantage of the 60% discount for your first box and start exploring the fascinating world of science with Mel Science today. Just go to the link in my show notes and use the promo code MEL60, capital M-E-L-6-0. I, I was just wondering if there was a, a, a the Russian community oh, yes. in, in Toronto, yes. if there is a homeschooling movement within it, but you'd said you're not really part of. Yes. But what I see is that I see people who come from Russia, they come here for Western world life. Yes. Right. And I think that it is very hard for them to accept this because that's not really Western ideology to homeschool right western is more that you have kids you go have your career you go for vacations you make lots of money but it's not necessarily that you spend tons of time together with your kids every day right right yes family time or family uh, are valued here way more than in soviet union for example right even now i think so yeah. but but it's not the same as yeah. 
So just okay. thinking. So the so then the difference isn't Russia right now about like high education, getting a career, making lots of money. It is is still not because you you know you describe Western life like that, but is Russian life not like that? So oh, what absolutely. Is, what's the difference? Yes. But so when they come, so when you're saying when many come that you see now for Western lifestyle, mm-hmm. is it because is there more? freedom? Is there more individual attention? Um, Is there more opportunity? Is there more safety? Like what is the difference? I I think that they more come for safety and more opportunities and bigger income. Even though when you come here or when you at least get ready to come here, you don't really realize that it's not necessarily will be happening. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and especially right. when I came in 2015, I totally believed that if I work hard um, at that time, I could still uh, own a house or uh, be okay to um, be accepted for mortgage or something like this. Right now, I don't really think, at least at this moment of life, that it's an option because um, I don't think that Canada is doing a lot of things to promote independence from the mm-hmm. government. I think it's kind of making everything so we depend more on certain things, right? Like income, if especially like it's it's not what at least I was thinking when I was coming. I'm not sure about Russian community, but I feel that safety was the first thing and that was my reason to come here. I wanted to raise my kids in a safer place and in a more accepting way, right? Because, but right now I understand that every country has advantages and disadvantages. It's not that I'm unhappy with where I am. I think that um, everyone is just exactly where we all should be, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? It's not um, up to us sometimes, but it's definitely what we have to pass in order to get better, in order to work on ourselves, on our inner traumas and, you know, all these things. But what I think is that it's not really possible to achieve many things here in Canada right now. And maybe you're safe, but it's not that you can do anything to achieve anything. And I totally believe that there was time when you could in um, North America, you could. Yeah. yeah. Not anymore for now. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely been a shift and anyone's listening, obviously, you know, we both live in Canada, so, you know, we can speak to this. I I, I do think many times, even with homeschooling, um, and I think it's great that you're speaking to this as well. And from your background growing up in not even Russia, but the Soviet Union, so I recommend if you are unfamiliar why, we're, why we're, we are referring to the difference of Russia and Soviet Union, it's a fantastic history lesson um, because there is a difference between what was the Soviet Union and now Russia. Um, but, and I think sometimes we think, um, or sometimes, you know, even just feedback I get from the podcast as well, that maybe everything in homeschooling, even in life is like the U.S., when it's mm-hmm. not, <laughs> I, I, I get letters and emails from families that, you know, live in places where it's illegal and they would love, or they've had to move countries because 
they want to have certain freedoms and are not able to. So they've actually had to leave their country of origin mm-hmm. in order to do so. Um, and they've said, you know, talk more about this because it isn't freedom for everybody. Um, you know, a lot of places we would love to homeschool our kids, but we can't. You know, it's um, court systems. Mm -hmm. It's extremely difficult. We don't have the choice in education. We've had to relocate to another another country and restart. Uh, And and even Canada, absolutely, it's different. It's, you know, things are are changing for sure. Um, And I agree. I think there was more probably independent-minded before and now. And even between, always between the U.S., Canada has more been on a like a socialist ideal mm-hmm. scale compared to the United States. Even, um, you know, f- like the freedom and liberty of of the United States is is different concept in Canada for sure, yes. and different in each province too. Yes. Um, yes, I live in Alberta, out west. It's very different from Ontario. I used to live in Quebec. A very very different. Um, you know, it's interesting to see the shifts and changes over the years, but yeah, also what's accessible. And like, I think right now in Quebec, if you live in Quebec, your options for even homeschooling have become more and more limited. You can't unschool. You have mm. to follow the curriculum. Yeah, you have no choice. You, um, unless you just decide to completely depart or like leave school fully and kind of be anonymous, I think mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah, now you have to register, you have to follow the curriculum. There are not many options on what you can do. In Ontario, I know you can just like say, like you don't have to do anything. <laughs> yes, you don't you know, even have to say. Open. You don't have to say anything, right? In Alberta, they just gave you the choice to just basically write to the government and say, we're homeschooling, we're not with the school board. And that's mm-hmm. only happened within the last few years. But usually you have to register with the school board. And some school boards are more flexible, but it's it's different everywhere. So I do hope everyone keeps in mind, especially with this conversation, that your reality of life and homeschooling is not the same reality as everyone else. Oh, yes. Even from us. It's yes. different and unique. And, and sometimes our general idea of what should happen or what is happening is not the case for everyone else around you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> or the, the rest of the world, even, or the country beside you, or the countries close to you, or that you know. So, yeah, 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 for sure. And I think it's great perspective coming from Russia and seeing the West and having an idea of what it's going to be like, and then coming and changing your life, like really giving up your life in one like that you knew and coming to something very new and then it being a bit of a shock as well right being a surprise of I was expecting it to be like this but it is very different as well but then shifting and changing so much (laughs) yes would you be able to go back to Russia to live do you think it would be too much of a change now or well, that's I. I never even thought about this because my husband doesn't ever right. will yes, never. never um, yes, and your agree. husband is Polish, so yes, yes. That's right, that's right. Yes, and yeah. there is always something uh, in between Russian and Polish people. At least yes. in between me and my husband, it's more <laughs> like a joke. But you know, there is ev- like uh, a little bit know, of yeah. every joke, right? Yes, yes. But, my husband actually mentioned something about that last night. About oh well, yeah, that's what yes. That's right. Yes. And I think that would be really hard for me because I feel like I'm kind of an outsider in a good way, right? Not in a bad way, but I would not find the same people with the same mindset in there. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to find the community 
in here, but I found it. I'm so happy, right? And it's not necessarily here in Canada, but it's just the homeschooling community I'm talking about. And again, within the homeschooling community, there are people who think different ways, right? And we all, uh, luckily, we have an option to think different way. And it's great that we can still do things differently and respect each other. But obviously, for me, it's very important to be in, surrounded by people who think the same way as me. For example, um, I am uh, in, a f- in a wild and free group here. I live in Mississauga, right? So we meet up every Monday and I had to give up my son's nap <laughs> time for these meetings. But it's not that I even do these meetings for him. I do it for me <laughs> because yeah. those moms, I... I really got attached to them because, you know, I don't, we, we had recently conversation about how you buy clothes from store and you have to wash it many times before you get it to the child's uh, body and your own body, right? And at this moment, I was standing and thinking, that's my community because I, <laughs> I don't even have to say this. We just know this. We just share this knowledge. We don't even have to discuss this, right? And that's, that's the best thing because when you find those people who really think the same way, like almost 100% the same way, then it's becoming so easy. You feel so supported and then you can do anything, right? In homeschooling, in unschooling, in finding different curriculums and finding your own path, maybe not necessarily the same way how this group is doing their school, right? But it's very important to have those people who understand you and who understand your values and who share the same values. Yeah. And yeah, I, um, I don't think that I will be able to find someone in Russia like this. Right. Okay. Okay. Understood. Understood. Okay. Evgenia, we are getting to our time. And I think I still wanted to talk about like languages because obviously you speak Russian and English. Your husband, I'm assuming your grandparents like, would, or his grandparents, your son's grandparents would speak Polish and, yes. you know, languages in the home. Um, but I also, I think we're going to have to come back again and yes. talk about it. It'd be great to actually have a language series because I know a few parents who are raising their kids bilingually, trilingually mm-hmm. as well, and, and how that happens within homeschooling. Um, but I also, I would like you to share um, about how also you directly support moms, because we didn't even get to talk about yet, even as well, health and the importance of, you know, for that in homeschooling and for our children and mindset and movement as well. So, so Fit Mama Method, I, I would like, why did you start this and how are you supporting homeschooling parents with this? So I started this because I felt alone through like I didn't have a single mama friend from the first year of my motherhood so first year I was alone I didn't know anyone here I knew some group in Russia I was in the chat with them but it's not the same right you you have to so basically it was isolate isolation for me and in a way I think I've chosen this because I didn't find people who would support the same values right? Like I didn't want, I wanted to go sleep. So I didn't know anyone who would share this 
then I didn't really want to feel very weird when people would be like, oh, you're co-sleeping, you know, it's not safe and all of these things, right? The same as as about homeschooling, like it's not right. socializing and all of this. Right. So I, in a way, uh, have chosen to be alone, but it was really hard. And also, even though I was in fitness before, like motherhood took the whole time. I was not exercising at all, except that I was walking. I had two dogs at that time. And no matter what the weather was, we always went outside because my dogs had to pee, right? right. <laughs> and we lived in an apartment building. So uh, they stroller, have to and yes. we even bought a stroller in order for, because one of the dogs was uh, older and she was smaller. So we bought the stroller specifically so she can lie down on the bottom and I could walk with all of them, right? But it's not, it wasn't really um, exercising because at that time I was not certified in post and prenatal um, uh, care, right? And I was like, what do I do? That feels so weird. Like, I feel like there is a hole in my stomach. There is no strength, no nothing. And I was like, I better don't do nothing because if I do something and it's wrong, then maybe I will injure myself, right? And then I decided to take the course. And of course, I realized uh, what to do finally. And then I was like, okay, well, that would be great to work with moms. And then pandemic happened. And I'm like, that's a perfect opportunity to start something online, even though because I'm coming from competitive uh, sports environment, mm -hmm. I do understand how important the technique is and how the foundational, the right technique is. And I was thinking, well, if a person doesn't know how to squat properly, how I can teach this person to add some weights or do deadlifts or do some different exercises. And then I had to relearn re all of this and I had to unlearn and let go, almost like unschool myself Right. Uh, let go all of these expectations because you know what's important is that those moms move right and unless they lift in 300 pounds they're not gonna injure themselves doing that lift with 10 pounds right, right. because the baby is heavier right. and they do all <laughs> the moves with the baby yeah. and the uh, car seat and all of these things and that's really important to for them to build up strength Right. And I just had to let go all of these things. And again, it's about control. I wanted to control every move, yeah. <laughs> I guess, or every exercise, but it's not the case because if you want to help more people, then you have to go online or um, teach big classes, right? Because then more people will be able to come. And then I was doing this, um, working from home, building online business, and being with my son all the time. And then there was one time when we tried Montessori school for two months. My son was going three times a day, three times a week for half of the day. He was 18 months. And I think that was bad decision. But we had to go through this because it also helped us to make this choice to homeschool. That wasn't the best thing because it was in the middle of pandemic, masking, all the things. I would give him to strangers and I would go to the car and cry. He would go upstairs. I could hear the crying and all of these things. And I know that he would get calm later, but that's not what I wanted because that's not 
that my core values were not there anymore, right? I, I knew that this is, for me, that was wrong to do, right? So I get him home and I was just breastfeeding with my clients, doing Zoom calls and all of these things. And then it's just homeschooling community, even though we all different, we believe in different things, we do have different religions, we do have different opinions, but still we have so many things in common. Yeah. And until the last year, um, autumn, like fall, right? September-ish, I was still working with just regular moms. And again, when I say regular moms, I say it without any uh, bad expression or bad feelings. But I one day I was sitting and I was already, we were already homeschooling, right? And it's different, of course, homeschooling a three and a half year old. Uh, and that's another conversation I had to <laughs> get through <laughs> many stages of my life when I would stop pushing my three and a half year old son uh, write letters <laughs> right? Yeah. and uh, just let him play. But I was sitting one day and I was like, what if I just work with homeschooling moms? And that was like, wow, that's my niche. That's it. I found it. And you know what? Through the time when I just started uh, Fit Mama Method, it was about two years until the last um, fall. I felt I was feeling constantly burned out. It was like a cycle. I'm motivated to work, to do, to help. And then I would get overwhelmed because I would listen, for example, how a mama would be sitting in a in the headphones and would do cried out method with her baby who would be screaming hysterically in the next room. Mm -hmm. And she would, and again, I'm not judging anyone, but this approach is not to me, not for me. Right. I, I, I can't do it. And I cannot even listen to stories about this. And because I was listening to this kind of stories <laughs> almost every day, I was like, okay, I can't, I just can't. I was like constantly thinking, okay, I have to quit this. It doesn't work because it's not that it's, I don't have clients. I just cannot support moms yeah, who don't believe, values. Yeah. who don't believe in the same thing. And then that means they don't really trust me 100%. So they right. will not use my method 100%. That they will still think that dieting is the best thing and restricting uh, the food is the best thing in weight loss rather than, you know, when I will tell them, okay, you have to eat, you like, you're really not eating, right? And she would not believe me and she would still restrict. And then when I was like, okay, homeschooling moms, that's a great way. I swear since that time, I did not feel burned out even for a single day in my life. I did not feel a single minute when I was like, okay, maybe I need to quit. This is so pleasant to work with. This is my dream work. And right now, when I think about that time when I was thinking that coaching was my dream work, now I found something else. And I was praying that I would find something else because I really loved coaching, right? And it's just not an option for me anymore. And I really needed a replacement, but the good one. It's almost like when you replace some sweets for good chocolate, then you can have it all, right? And you don't have to, you don't have to cut anything. The right. same thing. I just 
dreamed about it. I prayed for it and I found it. It was like literally split second when I was like, okay, homeschooling moms. And then I just started, right? And that's it. That was so perfect. And I love all my clients and I love how different we are. And some have seven kids, some five, some three. But what's the same is that we are at home with our kids and we value this time. That's what we want to do. And um, we want to be healthy, not for us only, which is very important, but we want to be healthy and energetic for this for the kids. We want to participate in their life. We want to be able to support them through the whole homeschooling journey and after. We want to maybe help with homeschooling their grandkids, right? That's what we want and that's the, what we do. And we also understand the whole idea of health and how important is this and nourishing food and not restricting because we know how to do things with kids, right? It's kind of the same way. Like if you restrict and push and uh, make the kids do something what they do, what they don't want, that's not going to work for a long time because it's right. not sustainable. Eventually that will break, right? right? And eventually the change will have to happen. The same with your health. If you restrict, if you don't pay attention to it, if you don't give enough nourishing uh, food or movement or anything, that will not work for a long time, right? right? And that was really, I think that was, for me, it was brilliant idea and I love it so much. And I feel motivated every single day when I wake up because that's almost like my second child to help right. those moms. Mm -hmm. It's interesting also is how the analogy really does fit with home education, homeschooling and learning in so many ways. The you know, the long, the sustainability and the health, yes. the health and, and how you're even talking about before, you know, you had to realize you had to let go. You were worried about those specific details of how were they were lifting. And, and then you realize, wait a minute, they're not deadlifting 300 pounds. They're, they're not doing, you know, it's just laying the foundation and yes. what's working for each and, 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 re and connecting with the important values. What, what's valuable for you and and supporting the community and with similar values as well. So, yeah, I love that. So how Thank can we you. get in touch with you? How can we find out more if you have questions? Um, if you're listening and you have questions for Evgenia, how can we reach you? Yes. So I have an Instagram, obviously. <laughs> and <laughs> even though I don't like social medias. I think Instagram for me was a blessing in a way that I found the homeschooling community, which is just a blessing for me, right? And we should all use it for help, not to kind of burn mm -hmm. us out. But my um, uh, Instagram is fit fit.mama.method. And my website is www.fitmamamethod.com and right now it's on this website it's more about my uh, nourished motherhood program but i am working on a bigger website when you will be able to read about me and my own journey and my different programs and right now I'm working on a course. So, for example, if someone is not able to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, right, I will have like an introductory course for homeschooling community, how to start, right, where to start, what to focus on, 
And this course will be available. I'm preparing for Mother's Day and uh, I will have some Mother's Day sale. Okay. And um, yeah, for now, it's just basically one-on-one -on -one coaching program and will be this course because I am homeschooling, right? And even though it kind of feels like when you have one child, you have to get things figured out, but because you only have one child, you're your best friend for this child, right? Even though he right. always tells me I'm not his friend anymore. <laughs> uh, and he said recently to me that he's a teenager, even though he's four, but I totally can relate because he uh, shuts the doors when he's upset, just like uh, when I was, <laughs> when I was a teenager. So I am very limited in time. Right. right. So yeah. I, I cannot, I work, I wake up every day, very early work. And when he wakes up, I'm homeschooling and we go outside a lot. So for now it's just this, uh, but hopefully later I will uh, prepare some more programs, more affordable programs and more helpful, right? Because I really see value in doing this for myself and for the, for the moms, right? I know that everyone wants to have energy and it's not just the energy to kind of, you know, live your life, but that's when you live the life for the kids in a way, right? right. I always try to um, tell the moms that or uh, bring them to this mindset when they don't have to choose. It's either them or kids because really both are important, right? right. Without kids, it's not the life which we have wanted, right? But kids without healthy moms and supportive moms and present moms, it's also not the same. So there should be always some kind of balance. It looks differently for every family, but with every family, we find this balance. Right. That's right. Take care of the moms and then the family is taken care of as well. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I will include your links in the show notes as well, Instagram and your website. So um, if you're listening, you just go there and you can go to the links as well. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you so much, Evgenia. Thank you. Fantastic. This episode was brought to you by Fearless Learners by Success Codes. Book your free clarity coaching call with one of their learning success coaches at www.learningsuccessacademy.com or check out their free weekly show from Fear to Fearless on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Go to learningsuccessacademy.com. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, leave a review or comment. I'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, and reflections on the episode. You can go to the website, imhomeschooling.com, or email me directly, robin at imhomeschooling.com. 